If you think for one fucking second that your first game bowling, you never bowled before, you go into the bowling alley, and you think you're going to be good at it, if you think for one second you're going to be good at it, you are sorely fucking mistaken. Yep, that is affirmative yes. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, mm, the cough I had last week, 30% of it (coughs) still there, not fully healed yet. Nonetheless, welcome again tonight. Welcome to 1990-what, a podcast. Every single week, I will always be your host, Michael Joseph, and every single week across from me, to my delight, my beloved co-host, Adam Michael. (coughs) Hey, Mike. Glad to hear you're feeling better. Feeling a little bit better. Mostly better. Mostly better. I want to reiterate also what I said at the beginning. I have a terrible memory of going out bowling with my neighbors and friends, thinking that it was going to be cake, that it'd be good. Gutter balls all around. I was humiliated humiliated the humiliation came from really my own personal belief that i was going to be pretty good (coughs) you just like assumed you know i assumed i can throw a ball straight down this yeah what's the problem Uh yeah How, how hard could it be well uh it's difficult it's really hard my wife and i sometimes still laugh about this we when we first got like ipod touches Mm -hmm. we had this little game this little bowling game on our on our devices and mm. we were pretty good at getting strikes like all the time and then we went bowling for real with my work and uh we did terribly and we're like huh we we we've had all this practice <laughs> but it is not quite the same no as uh you know swiping your finger across a smooth glassy screen totally no no totally not the same um what's that thing xbox live is that what that oh, is? Or like Wii or something. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think I, I did it on Xbox Live or whatever and got pretty good. <coughs> <coughs> Shit, man. And that's like a motion thing where you like move your arm for real. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Was pretty good at it. Um but yeah, no, real bowling. Totally fun. I mean w- once you kinda get the hang of it, it's actually really enjoyable. Oh yeah, yeah. Um last week we uh, opened up the decade with, with um, you know, the year 1990, which is odd because we've been doing this show for a couple of months now. We didn't start in 1990, but we have reversed right. and come back. And um, there's, uh, it was fantastic. You know, it was totally unexpected, but yet not 50% of it was an expectation of stuff that was kind of, Holdovers from the 80s. Totally, totally. A lot of 80s stuff. You got to expect that in the year 1990. Mm. But, you know, a lot of it surprising. A lot of of, of strange. I remember ACDC. A lot of blues. blues, You're right. A lot of Texas groups, interestingly enough, which is funny. Because a lot of people, you know, like, there's always the idea of... um, where bands come from, you know, where, where, where people go to launch their career... And it's rare that that should happen in Texas. I don't know why. Maybe it's because bands from here tend to move out to California or New York where they think it's going to happen a little bit easier. 
um, Austin, even today, you don't really hear a lot of bands coming out of Austin. It's mostly people going there to play the festivals. I don't yeah. know why that is, but regardless. Well, yeah. they've got that that handy little nickname of being like the live music capital, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? Anyway, what is the topic? What is the year, Adam? What are we, what are we in for tonight? Well, we will be in the year 1991. Actually... Before we do that, um, we got a few requests on Twitter. So we're Shit, gonna man, for step real? out of the year 1991, and we're going to play a few selections that we got by request. No way. This first one was requested by The Great Song Podcast, and they're at Great Song Pod on Twitter. And this is called In the Meantime by Space Hog. Oh. Dude, that bass line. Sounded pretty bassy. Yeah, great idea. Fucking killer request. It could have turned up the tone knob on that bass just a little little bit. Yeah. Dude, yes. All-time 90s riff right here. Seriously. That. That's totally like of the decade. When did this come out? This was 1996. Oh, I I would have thought 1997, but right there in the middle. Awesome. It's got that yearning you're always talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It it is. Man, I just... Yeah. This, this is bringing me back to sunshine. Good days. Yeah, this will make you feel real good. Oh, this is great. So this... Killer song. Went on the charts. 20 weeks on the Hot 100. Peaked at number 32 on April 27, 1996. Hell yeah. Also spent 26 weeks on the Alt Chart. Peaked at number 2. Yeah. So that... You still hear this. They still play this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, like, want to sit here and listen to it. Just... Here comes the bridge. Bridge. The bridge also has the title line. What's the song called? What is it? Oh. Jeez. I'm sorry, guys. Pretty great. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, hell yeah. Who requested that? The Great Song Podcast. Great Song Podcast. Very awesome. Fitting. Thank you, guys. What a, what a, what an awesome way to start the show. That's that's killer. 
you Hell should yeah. all go listen to the Great Song Podcast. Great Song Podcast. What a cool name for a Put show. It in your queue. Fuck yeah, man. Damn. Dude. Yes. Sure, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. This was requested by the Jet Podcast. That's my brother Jake and his. As I walk through the it's valley of the podcast. shadow of Very death, good, I take Jake. a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. I love Weird Al Yankovic. I've been and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mom Ooh, yeah, is weird. No, it's Weird Al. It's weird. Okay. That didn't deserve it. He be treated like a punk. You know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Are you and your homies might be lying I love it, dude. I really hate the trip. I love the way I love the way Coolio. I just I love it. I think it's great. I'm the kind of cheater little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light. Dude, this is the one of the catchiest choruses. I love that guy's voice. And the, the choir behind him. Oh yeah, the choir makes it. This hook is just awesome. Dangerous minds. Yeah, I definitely remember the music video from yeah. my VH1 days. Thirty-eight weeks on the Hot 100. Hell yeah. Three weeks at number one. Peak there on September 9th, 1995. Also, 46 weeks on the hot rap chart, including 11 at number one. I'm a loped out gangster set tripping banker. Love it, man. Yeah, and I mean, there's something. Real shit right here, listen. I don't know. I love this part too. This, this is cool. This is some real shit. You better listen to the lyrics, motherfuckers. Her, you and me. Yeah, that's real shit. Shit's real. You know the thing about '90s rap versus today's rap? I, I, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal of today's rap music. Like this, I can see. I can hear everything he's saying. I can, I can see like, damn man, Coolio, you must have had a hard ass life. I can hear everything you say. It all makes sense. Um, you know, like e- e- even what we're doing. I mean, I I had to put it on here. I knew we were talking. About oh shit! Is this the gangsta's paradise? Oh, this is the Coolio version. As I walk through yeah, cool. the valley where yeah. I harvest my grain, I take a look Shit, at my dude. wife I'm and sorry. realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for I a have. like me. You know I dude, I love this like record. Bad hair day. Yeah. At 4:30 in the morning, I'm milking I had a, uh, cows. Different. Chris. Chris Jacobs. Chris Jacobs. Great actor. Really, uh, Chris. Keep chasing the dream, man. You're you're a great actor. You really should keep going. Do you think that you? What's up? The production of Rocky Horror. Oh shit. Chris, hey, stop fucking around in DFW, man. Move out to New York or something. If you really want to do it, do it, man. Stop, seriously, man. Stop, stop messing around. I mean, you you either think you're good enough to do it, then go and do it for real. If it hadn't happened for you here, then dude, move on. And if you're holding on to something like a woman or something that's like not fulfilling you, drop that shit and live your fucking life. Seriously, Chris, you're really good. So so do yourself a favor and like. No, no, no. I'm Chris, Chris has been all over the world. Has he really? Yeah, he's dude, in the Air Oh, seriously? He's in, like, San Angelo right now. Dude, everything I just said now is totally invalid. <laughs> I look like a total fucking idiot. I'm sorry. Well, Chris was a huge Weird Al fan. And 
he had some weird off CDs and was always letting me film whatever I wanted. I loved this song, and I had already liked the original. But, yeah, no, the original's great. This had the comedy element, so I was really excited by it. Dude, no, Weird Al, he's a genius, man. He's, he's a genius. But, but yeah, man, like, what I was saying about um, modern rap, um, I really don't get it. I, I don't. I don't get it. But there was some really great shit in the 90s. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of hip-hop, but, yeah, a lot of the stuff, like, in the mid-90s, early 90s, and even later, is, like, fucking great, man. What is this? This is Poe with Angry Johnny. Is this another request? Yes, it is. Uh-huh, I like the uh, the hesitation, Little double on time. I can do it to you gently. I can do it with an animal's grace. I can do it with precision. I can do it with This is a really quite sensual. Who requested this? This was requested by Drew Zachman of the One Headlight Podcast. One Headlight. You're another 90s podcast. That's the number one HL podcast on Twitter. Nice. I've heard of Poe. I I know, I've heard... I've heard the name, I don't know. Yeah, I, but I can't recall exactly like what the familiar I always think of Bjork. I don't know why. I, I thought about that, uh, but then later it was like, nah, it's annoying. I can do it in a church. I can do it any time or place. Damn. I can do it like an angel. It's getting a little steamy in here. But either way, either. Oh, it's because I turned the fan off. Yeah, fan's off. I can see where Lit got the idea for You make me completely miserable uh, This is also an, an Arrested Development show Oh really? It's a great show Well that spent 17 weeks on the alt chart Peaking at number 7 On September 28th of 1996 Awesome so those were our three requests for this week. Hey, thanks, folks. Keep them coming. Yeah, send in your request. We'll we'll play them. We might. Yeah, no, if, we, they're, we probably if they're any will. good. We probably will. Well, um, I think this might be as good a time as any might to tell you. I've got a, got a surprise for you tonight. Oh, shit. We're in on? the year 1991. Yeah. And I'm fairly aware of something very big that happened in yes, that year that something big did changed happen. a lot of people's lives and, and it's dude are you serious it's all we're talking about tonight we're gonna cover nirvana's album Nevermind. are you serious yes. oh shit dude really oh my god dude i'm so fucking excited we're going through the album track by track this is track one smells like teen spirit 
right there. When I first heard this, I, I said before, uh, I had first heard the Weird Al Yankovic version. But upon listening to this, right there where the guitar comes down, and it's just that, it's the, this the bass line, that completely hypnotized me. I was caught. I, I think I think everybody kind of was. It's just, And then listen to the bubbling. This is still a great, and will always be a great song. Sounding a little cliche tonight, you know, saying things that have been said the, before. There, there's, yeah, no, I mean, but there's some, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I mean, we're not the first <coughs> to try and illustrate the, the impact that this album had. This album is triumphant. These songs are triumphant I, this is it's it's fun to discuss this record and this band uh, it's why people still do um, there and then of course the, the solo I, I love the, the feedback intro When I think about the uh, the intro to this song, I think of a mutual friend of ours, um, Andrew Savage, now of the band Parquet Courts. Parquet Courts. I met Andrew the first day of his freshman year of high school. Yeah. I was a junior, and uh, we had the same theater class. And um, there was this kid, this uh, this kid named Justin, who was a sophomore, a brand new sophomore, right? And he, uh, he had been made fun of as a freshman, I think, and he came up to me and he's like, hey, let's pick on this freshman. <laughs> Pointing at Andrew. He had a, I don't know if it was the best choice, but he had, he had taped the, the letters or the band logo for the Sex Pistols to his uh, gray sweatshirt. Not a hoodie. Not very cool, but um, I mean, you know, it was punk, right? punk rock dude and so i went over to him and i started talking to him and uh, told him you know i i didn't know much punk music but i liked uh Blink 182 and green day and you know that was uh that was just kind of the gateway to our friendship and he soon um turned me on to nirvana and uh i remember a short time later i was on a a, 
a Boy Scout camp out with, uh, you know, with uh, the rest of the Boy Scouts. And I was up really late one night, that night, and uh, it was cold, and I was in my, in my dad's Ford Expedition, and I had his Nokia cell phone, and it was plugged in in the, in the car charging. And I was up late. I was listening to the radio, uh, 94.5 The Edge. Totally, yeah. And uh, I called in and requested Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's the only time I've ever gotten through. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually called back later and requested um, Anarchy in the UK by the Sex Pistols. (laughs) It was like four in the morning and uh, I was requesting songs that that my friend Andrew had turned me on to. Yeah. And uh, while all the other scouts were sleeping and... You know. They play they play uh, Teen Spirit. Yeah, they they played both those songs for me. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, Nirvana. Nirvana, so, yeah. freedom. I mean, they they weren't. Um, you know, Kurt always said he said a lot of things. People always say, you know, Kurt always said, um, and I'm gonna do that right now. Um, that he wanted um, Adam just now. Out of a little bag, pulled out the record. Never mind. Oh, uh, did I? Are you sure? You did. I think you did. Um, well, actually, it's. Uh, I'm gonna pass this over to you here. What What are you holding your oh, hands there? Shit! No, this is this is a Weird Al Yankovic off the Deep End record, signed by Weird Al Yankovic, dude. Did you? Yeah. Get um, his autograph. My so I I did artwork for this. This podcast called Rock Solid for quite a while, and they often have prizes on there. And I won this uh, signed copy of Off the Deep End. It's it's so cool. I, I want to get a, like a, a cool frame for it. Dude, yeah. You're, you're also the, uh, what is this song yeah. You're 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 wearing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm wearing my Rock Solid T-shirt. Rock Solid T-shirt, which is a, a tribute to the Ramones, yeah, another like a Ramones iconic punk rock band. This is hilarious. The the front cover of this is Weird Al in a pool chasing a donut. I think. Oh yeah, it's a donut on his his, his penis is not showing. Fortunately, it is not. Very fortunately. Yeah, dude. I believe um, the story goes that Nirvana was performing on Saturday Night Live and. Uh, they got the uh, they got the phone call. Um, Kurt got the call from Weird Al, and, and, and they were backstage. And Weird uh, and Weird uh, Al asked Kurt, "Hey, is it cool if I do a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit?" And apparently, Kurt was like, "Sure, just as long as it's not about food." Right, right, right. And he did a lot of that. Yeah, did a whole lot of that, which is. I, I wouldn't mind it, but maybe he was joking. Maybe he was. Maybe he really didn't care. But he could have been. You know, I've heard that Kurt is a nice guy. I have, I have met people who had met him, and uh, I've, I've, I've never heard anything bad. Well, there's no way that if it were about food, it would be better than this. He's. You know, the whole focus of the song is Nirvana style and music and lyrics mm-hmm. and how it ought to bug your parents. 
Me gargle to solo. <laughs> totally. It's true, though. Um, you know, nobody knew what the lyrics meant. Uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't know what it meant. That, that's the thing. I mean, this this is a record that um, it you know wasn't. It just wasn't what most pop music was, you know, that had a distinctive. I love when Weird Al does that. When he when he sings the same lyric yeah. that is in the original song at the right time. I just always like that he you know, like fit that? that in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the master. He probably really liked this record a lot. I think everybody did. It's- I think I think because it did. I mean, like I was saying before, it did, it did defy a lot of um, <coughs> a lot of rules that you know people seem to kind of bust their ass to try and follow. And right. then here comes a group that, yeah, you know, people people don't even know what he's talking about. Like, what, what dude? What are you talking about? And yeah. yet, it, you know, it it, it you know they, they they totally like just dominated. And, they, and they still they still do. I mean, we, this record we're doing like it's like you said before this this episode that we're doing right now. I'm so ecstatic to be covering this record. People are going to continue to be doing this though. I mean, it just I mean, it'll gonna, yeah, you know. it'll, it'll just live on and it'll be a talking point forever because of how much it changed things. I think. Um, and Andrew Savage and I had a conversation once um, about. What is so uh, definitively classic about this record versus, like, say, Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins? Siamese Dream is a great record, but it's dated. It definitely sounds like a 90s rock record. Where Nirvana, although people will will say that it's dated, at the same time, well, it's not really. I mean, the production, and I think it has to do with the swiftness and the simplicity of the recording. I'm going to go ahead and get started on track two here. we got In Blue. This is probably my favorite song on the record. It might be. Oh. might be my favorite song on the record. The, the, the groove. The, that, 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 the bass drum there, that... Dude, that's killer. Let's talk about these... Uh, drums Mike yeah whoever's whoever's playing those drums fucking pounded well, well who they got Shit. behind the kit there I think his name is uh, Aaron Brucker uh, not, not according to my notes I believe it's um, Chad Smith um, I think it's uh, Jimmy Chamberlain oh no. It's, it's fucking Dave. It's Dave. David Grohl. David. David Grohl. Um, if you watch live footage of Nirvana, one of the best things about it is watching the drums literally just tremble and shake by the absolute power and force that Dave plays and this is back when he was like he was not a big guy uh, he, was, he was a scrawny little scrawny little dude dude but I mean like and look at the, if you ever see like look at the size of the symbols they are absolute saucers I mean they're huge alien starships hanging off of poles and yet he destroys them I mean I, I don't understand 
he must have had the kits bolted down. God, he hit them so fucking hard. It was such a pleasure watching him play drums. Yeah, he was the new guy in the band. New guy. What a lucky dude. Seriously, like, what a gig. What a gig to get. Well, one could argue that it wouldn't have been like that without him. The sound and the power of the drums on uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" and on this song, like, uh, yeah, no, it, it's 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 you, dude, you can hear it. I can hear it. It's just such a part of the song. His his drumming style, simple too. I mean, like not a lot of fills. So the previous drummer was Chad Channing, and. Uh, and Kurt just weren't agreeing with the way the drums sound. And it uh, led to him leaving the band. I love this solo, dude. So the, uh, the main point of contention between Kurt and Chad Channing was this song. Really? Yeah. Kurt had a very specific idea in mind for the drums on this song, and Chad wasn't getting it and wasn't agreeing with, with Kurt's idea for the drums. So Kurt was trying to get him to play it one way, and he just wasn't, wasn't going to play it that way. So. I assume this is what Kurt had in mind, and I, I must say that... He was right on. It was, but they still had quite a hard time getting the drums recorded for this song. They uh, had to resort to the dreaded stick track. On this one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they got it. This is a Come As You Are. This one for a long time was my favorite uh, track on the record. Uh, I remember hearing this on the radio, I think in 1993 or 4. I mean, it's, you could you could say that today, hearing it. Right. It's, it's, I be, I'm sure that this song was on rock radio today in pretty much every major city. Uh, at some point today, Nirvana was Just on say that, I think. Yeah, all these signs might have been so far to this point. Uh, the core, I absolutely love the chorus. Um, it, th- this group really kind of such a such a great um, gift for you know really like bubbling up, kind of just starting off soft. The loud, quiet, loud, quiet thing that's really distinctive in '90s rock. Um, Taken from the Pixies. Yeah. Perfected. Perfected P- by Nirvana. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that sentiment. You could, I mean, Kurt has said that he is a, you know, a lot of the songs are rip-offs of Pixies, but this band is better. Nirvana, oh, is, yeah. Nirvana is a better band than the Pixies, hands down in every single way. They are. They are. No now, the Pixies, the Pixies, the Pixies, the Pixies are great. 
I love the basics. I think they're fantastic. Not as good as Nirvana. Just no. Those dude, those harmonies right there is perfect. Perfect. See, there's almost. I, I've said this before about Nirvana. There's almost. I, I hear elements of country music. I, I do. I don't know why. I, I don't know why, but I, I hear it. I hear a resemblance of country and western. I don't think that Somehow. there would be anything that was off the table in terms of influence, right? I think Kurt would have taken everything and. I think he. Used I think, it. Yeah. Yep, I right, completely agree. I, I think that he was a genuine lover of, of all music, and that's why his band sounded so different from other Seattle bands. And I think the same thing goes with uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, because he's he's been noted to saying, I wasn't just listening to hardcore punk, I was listening to everything. And that's what made him a great songwriter. Same thing with Kurt. There was a little bit of controversy with the intro to this song. There's a band called Killing Joe. Oh, 80s? They have a song called 80s. I have the intro to that. Yeah, I, I actually love that song. I think it's a great song. I think this song is great, dude. So I you love simplify this. Simplify it a little bit, slow it down. We've got the intro to come into your But, you know, I mean, a lot of songs sound the same. Yeah, the strokes completely looked at the intro from American for their first day. When I heard that this was that "Come As You Are" was a ripoff of this, I didn't really, I didn't think anything of it. I just I remember hearing the song and thinking, "Well, I kind of like this song too." Totally rocks. This is like '80s punk, new wave. Who's this sound? I think that's a cool riff. Yeah. The, the, the intro. That's killing you. Yeah, I, I love that song. I think it's great. I'm, I'm happy. You know what? If, if Kurt did rip it off, thanks, man. Because now I've heard 80s by Killing Joke. It's fucking awesome. Are you ready to breathe? Yeah. This song kicks fucking ass. You're right with teeth. Right in the fucking teeth. There we go. Those drums. Oh Dude, but listen to that. Listen to that. Amazing. Amazing.
Oh yeah. And it's relentless. Inescapable. Imagine being there, you know, during during the performance. I mean, like people just running into each other. Fucking awesome, man. Uh, just a sweaty monster. Oh, dude. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be beautiful. Beautiful chaos. punk rock song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, heavy mids all the way through, all the way through. Complete freak out. And yet, dude, so catchy. And this chorus, so fucking catchy. I love it. I love it. The way Dave hits the tom-toms. Explosion. Yeah. I have a really hard time picking a favorite song. Yeah, me too. I was dude, I was just thinking that because I know the songs that that are that this, come up later, and it's like, dude, it's fucking such a great record. This is always like my favorite of the singles of this album, but I don't know. Breeds up there for sure. This is lithium. You know, a really great YouTube video is the video uh, Kids React to Nirvana. Most of the kids love it. It's funny because, like, oh, my parents listen to this. But they like it too. Oh, yeah. Another great YouTube video. Oh, the gorilla? No, no. Um, at the Nirvana's induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh. Kurt, Chris, and Pat Smear played this song with Annie Clark from St. Vincent. And she gives like this creepy performance where she like she stands there. Her hair looks crazy. Like, Wait, you mean Dave, Chris, and Pat? Yeah, what what I say? You said Kurt. Oh my gosh, no, no, Kurt is dead. Yeah, no, he died. <laughs> yeah, his wife killed him. Yeah, Dave Grohl, the drummer. Uh huh. <laughs> and Annie Clark, you gotta watch this video and just watch her face and the way she plays and sings this song. It was a really cool performance because yeah. they, they had a bunch of um, female rock artists. Yeah. Like, they had Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth and they had Joan Jett, yeah. Annie Clark, and Lord. Yeah. And uh, they all came out and sang a different song. That's really, awesome. Really yeah, really Kurt cool was too, super into women. He loved women. He thought that they were great and they deserved everything. And they do. He's right about that. 
Thank you, Kurt. Yeah, they were definitely like early feminists. Yeah, and yeah, totally. Dude, uh, I read this thing today. Crystal uh, Sellers was saying that they they demanded the socialization of music, and all their music was going to be free. So oh, no, feel no, free no. to steal this record. You know, go ahead. People deserve. People. Oh, they, they made enough this. money off of it. Yeah, went, it doesn't. Yeah, diamond. it's fine. Oh man, it, this record still sells a shit ton. Yeah, it sold more than 30 million copies worldwide. Yeah, absolutely. Con- continues to grow. Huge record. It was the number one album in the United States and at least five or six other countries. Yeah, conquered the world, man. Fucking came and just took over. People loved it. I mean, it's fun. It's aggressive. And this chorus, too. Just, yeah. And that's how people felt like, yeah. The excess of the 80s was over. That's not real life for most people. Real life is kind of mundane and boring. And as the suburbs expanded and kids were left with really nothing to do, much like they were in the 70s and the 60s, you know, and in the 90s, it was something to cling to. It was completely different than what was going on in the 1980s. This, this, this is the 90s. It is. A revolt against suburbia? Absolutely. Do that. Everything, everything that um, complacency creates, like this friction that eventually gives way and explodes. Yeah. And this was what happened. This, people, people loved it. This was their escape. This is, this is the reason for the diversity of the decade. Yeah. Many people might say, oh, it just happened naturally. No, no, it didn't. It happened because this record came out, and it changed the game. And it's famous for um, knocking Michael Jackson off the number, mm-hmm. number one yeah. spot on the Billboard 200 album sales chart. Yep. It totally did that. Largely on the back of returns after Christmas. Kids who got Michael Jackson wanted, never mind. This is Paul. The uh, vocal harmonies between Kurt and Dave are just wonderful. Let me take a ride, cut yourself. Once a mile. I don't know why, but Apple Music has uh, the uh, Unplugged in New York album art on this track. Yeah, people get that shit wrong all the time. It just makes me think of that uh, Unplugged in New York performance, though. I love watching that. Oh, yeah. Especially that uh, David Bowie cover, The Man Who Sold the World. Dude, yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I hear it, dude. I hear country and western. I don't. Oh, definitely. I don't know why, but even in the loud, uh, abrasive parts. What loud and abrasive? Come on, people now. Oh. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another. Territorial pissing. Oh, Chris. Track seven. 
Jesus, Dave. God. Jesus. Oh my God. Can you even hear me over these drums? <laughs> turn that down. Folks, my, my microphone comes in through the same channel as the uh, music. It's too much. The fir- for the first time in this show's history, Nirvana, we have been... We, we, can't, we can't even handle it. We cannot even handle that. I'm going to turn it back up and just not do it, dude. Fuck it, dude. Fuck it. You can see how this kind of music oh might God, change man. things. Dude, yes. Compared to this to anything we heard in 1990 last week. Exactly. You know, I, I kind of have a hot take. People always talk about how grunge killed hair metal. I think what grunge really killed, as far as like the charts are concerned, is blues music. Um, yeah. Because I looked, I looked at, uh, before I decided that I was going to, we were going to go through this album track by track this week, I was looking at the 1991 charts, and at this time, Smells Like Teen Spirit was the only Nirvana song on the charts. Mm-hmm. And there were still blues tracks. Mm-hmm. And we've heard later, later charts from later years that mm-hmm. have metal song. I mean, even in 99, we were listening to Def Leppard. It's true, yeah. A bunch of other bands like that. And mm-hmm. There, was, there yeah. was no more blues rock like Eric Johnson, Steve Ray Vaughan, Robert Cray. Yeah. Those guys were no longer on the charts. What? Is this live? Might be. Dude, it is. This is live. Oh, dude, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, man. I don't know. I just added the album. Album no, music doesn't great. always get it L- right. Listen, but. listen. Even live, dude, listen to the drums, man. And listen to the precision of the vocals. Dude, Kurt laid it all out there with his vocals. Yeah, he did, man. He probably had a hard time talking after his show. Oh, yeah, man. This dude's putting it, putting it away. Just ripping the flesh from his throat as he screams in the microphone. This is Drain You, track eight. Yeah, this is man. the live version. Awesome. Thanks to Apple Music. Here we go, man. So checking out the power of this band live. You can hear it. I, I can I can see the tom toms like shaking. I can see the drums just I mean reacting like they're in a The worst earthquake. Mm-hmm. 
good one great rock show can change the world this one probably did Dude, I, I, I've, been, I've had like mild goosebumps literally since we've started this record. I mean, I'm, I'm totally electrified right now. I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I, I cannot express enough my absolute love for this band. Nirvana, they're, 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 it's, man, this, this record puts me in such a great mood. It, it's remained in my car. I've bought it over three times on CD because Thank it you. just could not survive my obsession with it. It couldn't handle uh, my tendency to play it over and over and over. Um, just wear the record out. Huh? Yeah. The discs couldn't survive. This is Lounge Jack. Track 9. This is a great song. I this do love this real, song. This is a great song. You're right, Mike. It's just, it just sounds timeless. Seriously. Like, this right here, this doesn't just sound like could have been written in the 90s, though it was like defining the era. Listen to that. Kurt's sense of melody and you know, the chord, chord progressions and movements and the changes. Fantastic. Absolutely masterful songwriting. It's so unique, too. Like, yeah. This doesn't sound like the way other people write songs. You yeah. haven't made the obvious choice. This is a good. This is a good one. This is a, I mean, dude, I every single one of them, man. All of them. I was looking at the track list, song, said, "This is a great song." Stay away. At number ten. <laughs> I like that. A little call and response. Mm-hmm. 
chorus, man. This killer. Yeah. Is he singing the corner of Stay Away? Yeah, eventually he probably would sing this. At the time, no, but eventually, yeah. Too bad you didn't listen. Good bass going on there. God, man. Freaking crazy. Number 11, on a plane. Dude, this is one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Stop yourself without any words. I got so high, scratch till I bled. Love myself better than you. No, it's wrong. What should I do? The finest day. Yeah, Reaper. On the Talk about the production. Great production. But Great production. So uh, when when Nirvana was still on Sub Pop, they were recording demos for this with Butch Big. And uh, then they got signed to Geffen. Geffen suggested a bunch of producers, but they wanted to stick with Butch. Yeah. Not Butch, man. It's uh. Also, at the time, you know, an underground guy, not really, didn't, nobody really knew about him. You know, he had done a bunch of underground rock bands. Simple, you know, he just did things simply. Yeah, Kurt really liked uh, his work with Killdozer. They wanted to sound as heavy as that, so they uh, latched on the boat. What, what group? Killdozer? Killdozer. Oh, I'm going to check them out. Apparently they sound really heavy. That is On a Plane. On a Plane. One of my favorites, man. It's got like the very end, the, the little the, the harmonies between Dave and, and Kurt at the end there. It's awesome. Okay. Shit's great. This is a song I was trying to say is my favorite from this album. This is something in the way.
Just out of curiosity, some of the uh, the bad reviews. <laughs> never mind, God. I, I'm very. I would love to read that shit. <laughs> the Boston Globe was like one of the most negative things. Oh my God! They said um, most of Nevermind is packed with generic pop punk that has been done by countless acts from Iggy Pop to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What? Like, how can you listen to this and say that? He, this is the Red Hot Chili Peppers have never sounded like this. That, that's what it says. Is it the whole thing? No, he says the band has little or nothing to say, settling for moronic ramblings by senior lyricist Cobain. That's fucking uh, stupid. Rolling Stone only gave it three stars out of five. Rolling Stone only gave this record three stars. Yeah, it's weird though because the uh, the review. The review was written before, um, before even Smells Like Teen Spirit was released as a single, before the album came out, and the album is, act, or the, uh, the review is actually pretty positive on the album, mm-hmm. but, um, then when the, the thing came out, it only had three out of five stars. It reads, I've read the whole review. Yeah. It reads like a four or five star review. Yeah. But he says, the, the writer now says that the editor who put out the magazine added his three stars instead of four or five. You know, it's okay. I mean, people, the thing, it, it takes time for something to really become a landmark. Yeah. Because at first it's just like, oh, it's just a surprising success. And then as time goes by, that's when we start to. Oh, yes, of course. Now, normally it takes 15 minutes after something in the way to get to this. Right. So they put you back to sleep only to rudely awaken you. Yeah, I would not like to wake up to this. If we didn't overstate the power of Dave Grohl's drumming, this right here is... Yeah, I'd be terrified if I fell asleep to something in the way and woke up to this. Even this is great. This could be like on a... This could be a James Bond theme. Yep. 
Yeah, where Bond is a drunken alcoholic, like wash up. MI6 has fired him. Dude, I'd watch that. I'd watch that. He's the kind of like the kind of guy that. Jesus. Scared me, Kurt. Oh man, he's just abusing his. This is like where they smash the guitars and drum. Yeah. M M comes to see Bond, and he's got like twelve o'clock shadow. He smells like piss Irish whiskey. She tells him, Bond, we've, we've pulled you in. Oh, God, I'm not even going to try an English accent. She tells him that, hey, we've got a job for you. But he, he just can't seem to get it right. He keeps fucking it up. And, yeah, this would be the theme for that James Bond movie. He blows like he, himself up. He, like he listens to, uh, he gets one of those, like, this message will self-destruct. And, like, normally he's good with that, but he can't remember it, and it, and it self-destructs. He's like, oh, shit, I can't I don't fucking remember what it said. He's just, you know, a shitty Bond. You're right, dude. That would that would really make an interesting, uh, that'd be an interesting take on the dapperness of uh, James Bond. Oh, and what all the, like, stuffy British people who, like, worship James Bond things. The ones who really like the Adele theme. Oh man, the Adele theme was fucking. It, it was just another James Bond theme. It wasn't really that much better than the others. Dude, this sounds like the death of all the dinosaurs on the planet. Oh uh, yeah. Poor dinos. Sorry, guys. Well, their time was up. It was. They had their time. Eating each other and eating plants. And shitting and spitting all over the earth. Well, I guess that's enough of Endless Nameless. What do you think? As far as hidden tracks go, I mean... Yeah, man, that is, you know... They did what they wanted. Nirvana was, but they did whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And, you know, the world embraced them. They did not know that that would happen, and it happened anyway. Um, I think, you know, Kurt claims that he hated that. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think they were pretty happy. I don't think they liked being broke and, like, poor and shit. I'm pretty sure they were. They were happy that they became successful. Uh, I'm gonna do something I I thought about doing, then I thought about not doing it. But uh, I'm gonna play this song. This is Weezer from the Red Album. Uh huh. It's called Heart Songs. Yeah. Now this is not '90s. Gordon Lightfoot sang a and uh, song it's not it's not my favorite Weezer song. It's not a no no. This album sucks. Top twenty. No, this is dirty. I'm a little, I'm a little weary of what you're doing right now, Adam. You're, we we just went through an, a genius record, and, and here you are playing some. It's all right. Just something. I don't. Is it? 
Okay. Because right now I'm fucking furious. This shit sucks, asshole. This shit sucks. Have you heard this song before? I've never heard this shit. You don't need to listen to the lyrics yet. Yeah, he's, he's going through references to all these different pop songs. Mm-hmm. No, the lyrics are starting to interest me a little bit. how people say this band wouldn't have existed without the Beatles. Yeah. But Weezer would not have existed without Nirvana. Um, they were they were catalysts for Weezer and countless other bands that Absolutely. grabbed their guitars and went to the garage and started pounding out songs, crafting albums. You know that bend that, that we uh, mentioned that smells like Yeah. Mm-hmm. That pretty much that same bend is insaning so. Yeah. And uh, you know, they just they didn't sound like Nirvana either. But their influence was there uh, in a heavy way. I, I now I, I see why this is appropriate. Um, I mean, it's not as good. As no, no, nowhere near. Just this is dog shit compared to. It's maybe better than Chris Novoselic singing. Oh, yeah, Come on, it is better. Than that. It might be better than. That. I don't. I don't know actually. <laughs> I might enjoy Chris singing the Mamas and the Papas. No. Um, no, yeah, that's, I, I mean, he, that part was cool. I could see him. He put the story of hearing that record for the first time into a verse and, uh, you know, where things went from there. And that happened not with just Weezer, but with so many of the other bands that we've talked about and played the music of on this show. It um, just, it's still yeah, happening today. People, no, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, I And there are plenty of interviews from a lot of very successful groups that, 
um, yeah, and, and the story is the same. They thought about playing music or, oh, I, I wanted to play guitar. I wanted to be in a rock band. And upon hearing Nirvana, uh, you know, that kind of made the, the snap of, Oh, I, I don't have I to sound do like C.C. DeVille. Mm-hmm. I don't have to yeah. play guitar like him. Absolutely. I don't have to be good looking mm-hmm. and six foot four with yeah. long flowing blonde curly hair. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's it's the same. That that was like Rivers Cuomo is is, you know, maybe five foot four or something like that. He has thick glasses and mm-hmm. quiet, nerdy guy. He's not the the hair metal frontman type but he heard nirvana and saw what he could do yeah um the power of this record um is such a mystery i've listened to it um countless times and wondered why do i love this so much I've talked to fans, uh, all kinds of people who also are like, "Yeah, I, Nirvana, I can't, I can't get enough of it." What is it though? That um, what is it that that has got got you under it so much? I still, I don't know what it is because um, there's something about it that sets it apart. From yeah, is it, it, it's it's one of those records, like you mentioned, Siamese Dream, which is a great album, and great I love record. every song on mm-hmm. that album. Yeah. There's not a bad song, but no. there there's something. It's just maybe not as universal. It's not no. as like accessible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I mean, I think you know, Kurt. Um, the the way that that record is and sounds um the intent behind behind it was um i think maybe it has to do with the intent because when people do something when you're playing music or you're you're an artist of some kind it's almost like when you watch a movie, you know, good versus evil, good guy, bad guy, the jock versus the geek or or anybody. It's always the person with the most pure intentions prevails and and they and they live on and and the one with ma- with real malice and you know, comeuppance. Yeah, I mean it, it it that never works out. And so I think that um uh Kurt um you you hear about them being nice guys. You hear about um, their good-natured funniness. Kurt always didn't like the fact that Nirvana wasn't seen as a group of funny guys because he knew that they were. There were people that were close to them that knew that, but the media at the time, they got so big that they decided, collectively decided, let's lump Nirvana in with the sad, gloomy, Seattle, rainy weather image right of grunge being this like thing when it wasn't, you know, <coughs> um, it was more closely related to the fun aspects of a genre like punk rock, you know, right. like revolution, fun, excitement, energy, like listen and, to breed and the, the yeah. energy and, you know, just the gleeful sound that that song makes. Yeah. I and think I mean, yeah. not only, not only those things you mentioned, but they were also calling Kurt the voice of a generation and making him out to be this like prophetic figure that's 
here to change things with a purpose. Like, you know, that wasn't who he no, was. He, wasn't. he really revolted against that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and if you look at it at the time too, I mean, in record, the music industry and the records that were out, the, the intention for that was, you know, more of a One. capitalistic sense of this is the formula that works. And Nirvana completely shatters that. And there is no speculation on that. They absolutely do shatter oh, it because yeah. it is completely different than what was going on at the time. They Geffen's opened... wildest expectations for this record was gold. Yep. They're, think- they're thinking. They thought that Sonic Youth were going to be the band that made mm. the, the label a lot of money. That was completely not the case. Yeah. Not the case. They Sonic were... Youth w- did become successful, but nowhere near. This thing... This thing went gold and platinum immediately. It was certified both gold and platinum in November when it came out the end of September. And just kept going from there. That's, that's incredible. I, I mean, it, it doesn't... Yeah. It was unavailable. They they had about half of the uh, the copies that they printed for the U.S. in the Pacific Northwest. And it sold out in days and was unavailable for a long time until they could get more copies made. That's amazing. <laughs> that's that's an incredible, yeah, yeah. incredible, incredible you reality. You don't see albums like that sell that many records anymore. No, I, I mean, it's unfortunately. It's, I mean, there's never going to be a shortage like that again. I mean, we've got streaming services. And no, it, you know th- that was a magical time too. Um, yeah, the uh, the the greatness of there was something cool about buying. I mean, people, you know, I'm sure they talk about vinyl. You know, we we have, you know, pe- people like they, they, you know, they shit on CDs, but man, I loved buying CDs. CD like going out and buying CDs was such an amazing thing. I looked forward to. I couldn't wait oh, to go yeah. on family road trips because my 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 mom and dad were like, whenever we go on a trip, you you can. You can get, um, I think it was like three or four CDs. Like that was what you could do. So I would make lists. And I remember the day that I made, that I put Nevermind on the list. It was probably one of the times I was absolutely most excited to go and buy a record. I I distinctly remember the excitement of, um, uh, of getting that record in anticipation for it. And when I put it on. You know what's crazy about that? You'd heard a bunch of the songs on the radio, mm-hmm. like since for years. Totally, because we're you know we're not Gen Xers. We're no, we're not. We're, we're like millennials. Yeah, we're younger, and um, these by the time we were at the age where most kids would start listening to stuff like this, mm-hmm. um, it had been around for a while. Yeah, it was like 1998 or 1999 yeah. when, I, when I got this record. Uh, the 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 90s was over. the The radio was starting to get really, really <laughs> shitty, as we saw and heard on you know a few weeks ago when we covered it um and the last um nirvana is a band that when when i think about um i remember distinctly buying all their records getting as much of their music as i could and wanting so bad uh, wishing so bad that there was more right i i I was like god i I wish there were more i wish there was that's there was the great more tragedy is that I just, it's so limited of the mm-hmm. catalog. I there's there is no other band that I've ever listened to that I've thought like hearing in utero 
just thinking, God, I just, I wonder what they would have done next. Right. I wonder what could have been. And people, people like to be shitty and say, oh, you know, they probably would have went the way of whatever. No, that, I don't think so. I, I don't think so at all. I think that there's a they lot of amazing metal bands. Band no. And incorporated like Jesus Christian enough. influences and started to sound like POD. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, man. That's exactly what would have happened. I think they would have had an REM style <laughs> career. Gone on for 20 years putting out incredible stuff. Oh, I don't think they would have been POD. That is hilarious. <laughs> though. That's extremely funny, Adam. It's very funny and yet it's not. It angers me. But that's funny. Well, that is our discussion on Nirvana's Nevermind. Splendid we, record. Perfect record. We can't recommend it enough. We demand that anybody who listens to this goes and listens to that album. Please do so. Full. Do yourself if you that favor. Oh, dude, who the fuck hasn't heard there, this no, record? No, no, no. I mean, a lot of people. Uh, I mean, consider that we might be introducing it to some younger generations. Folks... We like this record a lot. I think that if you listen to it, you might enjoy it as well. You you might love it. It might really change uh, change you. You you might want to pick up the guitar and write some songs. Because the song, it's true, this is a classic record. It's timeless. The songwriting is great. The material is great. The production is simple and effective. And that is the case for all classic music. You, you don't even, you don't have to think about it. It's just, that's what, that's what's such a mystery about for me, this record is I don't have to think about it. It just, I put it on and I'm run over by the bulldozer of brilliance that this record oh, has. I, like that. I mean, I just am absolutely captivated by the power. Uh, oh, man, Kurt Cobain. Didn't make me sad at all. I'd never understood the um, connection of depression and Nirvana. I never understood that this record makes me so fucking happy. Yeah. This is one of the happiest moments of my life, buying this record and listening to it. I never, ever have equated this with being a shitty teenager. I was a shitty teenager, but it had nothing to do with this. If anything, this <laughs> record probably helps me be a little less shitty, because even my parents music, liked this record. Music has that power. It does. It really does. My dad loved this record. My mom, my mom had already known about it when I showed it to her to... And told her I wanted to buy it. She was immediately like, "Oh yeah, I thought you already had that album. Yeah, that's a great album. You know, you, you yeah, can totally get buy that. it. You're right, dude. Yeah, my, my, yeah, my my parents love this shit. It was great. It was it was it was an amazing thing to bond uh, with with them with it. As even my brother, fucking Nirvana, man, yeah. most important rock band to me, most important rock group for me, absolutely. And and in my opinion, the most important rock band from America. Absolutely. Hands down. No one can touch them. They're cool as hell. I can't argue with that. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been an absolute pleasure. Probably one of my favorite episodes for obvious reasons. Um, We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much, folks, that requested stuff. That was a real pleasure. Thank you for your request. All three of them were great. Who were they again? We we had the jet. We had uh, wall... Uh, one headlight. Uh, and, they um, all had podcasts. We had the great song podcast. Great song podcast. One headlight. One and headlight. And the jet. And the jet. Guys, thank you so much. Um, people, give us some. Um, give give us some stuff to listen to. I feel like we were nice about the songs. And folks, yeah, g- give us your suggestions. Song you love, we're not going to tear you know, it apart. Hey, 
we'll, mean, we'll, unless we well, have to. Well, if it's if it's a shitty fucking if we have song, to. then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know how I feel. But we'll still um, be appreciative of. We'll the appreciate content, it you know? absolutely. No. Hey, you request it, we will play it. I promise you, we will, folks. Man, this this is going on for a while, but I didn't really give a shit once I knew what we were doing. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of all of us here in this living room, good night.